Everyone joins hand. <laughs> Everyone joins hand. <laughs> Only the one. believe i just did that it's halloween <laughs> we're having a little spooktober 2022 oh my gosh it's probably one of my favorite theme months i love it so much i have had my halloween decorations up since like august i don't know 25th probably because i gotta really soak it all I in i think i have yeah. to mine are like pretty subtle though i only have a couple of things out <laughs> can't can't relate <laughs> Yeah, I have some I have some stuff going on. Let me know if you want like a apartment tour. It's like a mm. bevy of pumpkins. Decorative corn. I haven't hung up the corn. Oh. I think I'm saving it for when it gets like more fally. Mm. Yeah. But um there's like a couple more Halloween decorations I haven't put up, mostly stuff that goes on the walls. Mm. I did though get this table runner for the Halloween party. Ooh. And I actually decided to use it on my like tv console Mm, so i put it on the console and put like my skeleton sitting down on it and put some like pumpkins around it it looks pretty sick yeah i i went to michael's a couple weeks ago i only bought one thing i limited myself so i have my little skeleton that sits on my windowsill his name is bone jangles and then Mm -hmm. i have like a picture in a frame of like palm reading and then I got this little like coffin that's covered in roses that's very cute and then I have the crescent shaped wreath that I made last year because they didn't sell the crescent shaped wreath in Canada last year and I was very upset when about I it. tell you <laughs> like I, I did get that wreath mm-hmm. and I love it so much I don't know why my brain works like this but I was like I'm afraid to put it up. What if someone steals it? Like it's limited mm. edition now. <laughs> yeah, even it's, though no one would fucking vintage. steal a wreath. Like the, it literally looks like some fairy dust shit. It has like mushrooms on it. It's also pretty high up on your wall, from what I remember. Like I was gonna put it on my door this year. Mm. Oh yeah, then I would be afraid. I would be afraid to hang it outside. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. I would, I would pick a cheaper one mm-hmm. that's not limited edition. You're kind of spitting. Maybe I'll put it <laughs> above the TV. That might be cute. Mm, yeah, that would be cute. But yes, I'm very excited to finish putting up the decorations. I kind of did Halloween decor light. Mm. And once everything is up, it'll be like giant spider cobwebs. Mm, yeah. Beware. Like... <laughs> poison in breakfast yeah (laughs) poison (laughs) i did want to get beakers oh yeah i said michael's looking at beakers and phil goes hey um like i got i get it but we're gonna have a party and like people will be drunk like i don't think Mm, we should have glass (laughs) that's fair i was like you might be on to something that's some big brain uh thinking (laughs) big brain energy that is practical for sure. Yeah, let us know uh, what your Halloween decor looks like. I recommend yeah. putting it up like now so you can really enjoy it all month long oh, because yeah. October is going to fly by in a flash. I know. It's so sad because 
I mean, we're coming back a couple of days after the 1st of October, Mm -hmm. but I'm going away for like a week to visit Phil's sister Mm -hmm. and I won't get to see the decorations. I'm like, I gotta get it in. (laughs) I gotta have that time with my decor. It's seasonal. It's fleeting. We have some busy months ahead of us. We do have some busy months ahead of us, but I am very excited for the Spooktober lineup that we have this month. It is a great time. We picked some really cool movies. We've got a little mix of like some adult, some kid stuff. So, oh, yeah. I feel like what we try to do usually is go for just the the things that people want to see. We don't really Mm -hmm. go in like a hyper spooky direction, like Nightmareville, but we don't really go like. I don't know what the opposite of that is. Like, I feel like we land somewhere in the middle, Mm -hmm. which is a good mix. Yes, exactly. And we have a very uh, exciting movie for today. So I guess we should we should spill the beans in case you haven't guessed Uh, by the title of this episode. Right. In case you you cover up, you just put your hand over the title and you're like, I want to be surprised. That would be fun, actually. (laughs) Today we are doing the 1991 classic. The Adams Family. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah, I actually didn't really grow up watching Adams Family that much. I think I watched both of them maybe like once growing up, but we weren't like a mm-hmm. huge Adams Family family. But I did like start adding them to my Halloween movie rotation probably like two or three years ago. And uh, it's always enjoyable, always a good time. This is definitely one of my favorite halloween movies like i remember when um they would do like abc families Mm. 31 nights of halloween and i'd be like oh my god because i just think like it was so cool and it it was so like like low-key goth i guess oh high-key goth (laughs) but like not in the white face paint black eyeliner everyone was so chic Mm -hmm. and i was like this is what new york is like But, oh my gosh. But really, like, watching it back, I was like, I think Morticia is, like, the chicest woman ever. Absolutely. Yeah. She is everything. I was really – I mean, we'll talk about it throughout. But I was very struck by Gomez and Morticia's relationship in this watch around. <laughs> we will talk about yeah. it. <laughs> um, Just everything I aspire to be and to have. But <gasps> Oh, my gosh. You can totally do – you can also do like a Gomez and Morticia because your boyfriend's actually Hispanic. That is true. <laughs> Mine would just be like cosplay. I'm going to text him right now. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll just have to get a really long black wig. But uh, if you haven't seen the Joe Jonas, Sophie Turner, Ooh, yeah. Morticia Gomez costume, I think one of the best. They really killed it. But Shall we talk numbers? We know why you tune in. Yeah. Okay. The budget, baby. <laughs> 30 mil budget, which I, I I mean, I guess like, did it just cost less to make movies back then? Because I feel like there were stars in the movie. Yeah. I mean, definitely if you account for like inflation, inflation um, I think 30 million probably went a bit longer back then, but mm-hmm. also- I guess they primarily just use like one set. There's a couple That's of extra true. places, but for the most part, like probably 80 to 90% of the movie takes place in the mansion. Yeah. 
so pretty modest budget mm-hmm. and they made 191 million in the box office huge success i'm happy for them yeah i, I think it was well deserved yeah and i think reviews were pretty favorable as well um it got a lot of acclaim for sure of course, we have like such an iconic cast. Uh, one of the most iconic being Miss Angelica Houston. Mm-hmm. And when she actually got the call that she was going to play the role, she was like, Why didn't you ask Cher? Yeah. And I think like Cher was in talks, but then like there was scheduling conflicts or something else going on. So she couldn't do it. But honestly, this is the role that Angelica was born to play. I think so, too. I am very curious to see Catherine Zeta-Jones in this role. I think she'll do a great job, but it is going to be very hard to top Angelica. The way that she was able to balance a mother figure, mm-hmm. a wife figure who's like just so in tuned with their like partner and also this like – there's so many complexities. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm like, she really struck a good balance between being like very sensual, but like when she was a mom, she was a mom. Mm -hmm. And she was like kind to everyone. Like, I just thought the characterization was so flawless. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the whole new casting, the new like reboot, I'm like very, very curious. I'm I'm hopeful. I think it's going to be really cool to see Luis Guzman kind of like get his flowers after so many years mm-hmm. in the industry kind of as just like a character actor. Yeah. And I love Jenny Ortega. I think she's going to be perfect as Wednesday. I think she has that whole like shtick down. Um, I actually don't know who's playing Pugsley, but. I don't know either. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how it all goes. I'm hopeful that it'll be good. Also, speaking of casting. Initially, Uncle Fester was supposed to be played by Anthony Hopkins, but wild. <laughs> what's even more wild is the reason that he dropped out is because he decided to take a different project, and that project was Silence of the Lambs, for which he won an Academy Award. <laughs> I think he made the right choice. <laughs> I think what so. What I'd love to well, I did I don't even want to say I would have loved to see him as Fester, because like, yeah, he's a great performer, but I think that I Fucking can't remember his name, but he was in Back to the Future as well. The actor who plays Fester. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen... Um, <laughs> Christina hasn't seen Back to the Future? No, what? I have not. I know it's like Marty McFly and Silver DeLorean. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I feel like I've seen it. <laughs> so Christopher Lloyd plays... Um, Uncle Fester. Mm-hmm. And I think he's an incredible actor. Yeah. Um, he's also in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He was in Clue. He was hacker in Cyber Chase. I don't know if that means anything to you. It does not. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know what, like, aside from, like, Back to the Future, if he had, like, a lot of um, acclaimed roles, like, just, like, mm-hmm. Oscar level and stuff like that. But, yeah, I think he's, like, a, a great crazy zany guy because mm-hmm. in back to the future he plays this like insane doctor professor guy mm. he's really good at being like zany wow i love that and with that being said i feel like we should just dive in let's freaking mamushka right into it <laughs> let's do it
So we open up. It's dark. It's nighttime. But what do we see? The One of the very first shots of the Adams Family? We hear a little carol of the bells in the background. <laughs> what? Isn't this a Halloween movie? JK, it's Christmas. And we have a choir that is singing in front of the Adams Mansion. The camera slowly pans up to the roof where Morticia, Gomez, Lurch, and Grandmama are about to dump a cauld- a steaming cauldron onto the carolers down below, which mm-hmm. I believe is actually uh, kind of like a joke from the series. I think that that's like pulled directly from the series. Cool. And we see the title card, The Adams Family. <laughs> this is one of the longest title or like credit. Um, Absolutely, ever. I had to fast forward. I should have fast forward. <laughs> I feel like I would have been done thirty minutes earlier. Mm-mm. But um, yeah, they they got it. They had to get in everyone in that opening title sequence. Mm-hmm. So the next thing we see is this like giant cuckoo clock modeled after the Adams family mansion, complete with miniature figurines of all the family members. It's so cool. I know it looks incredible. So when the clock strikes for the hour, um, Morticia and Gomez meet and like (laughs) Gomez leans in and like instead of kissing her, he like leans into her breath. (laughs) He just motorboats her. Yeah. (laughs) Then Thing crawls out and um, he scampers down the hallway and actually stops by Gomez who's staring into this like cobweb covered room. And he tells Thing about how his brother Fester has been gone for 25 years. And for 25 years, they've tried to contact him in the great beyond. But they've never gotten anything. And he's just starting to think that maybe Fester is truly lost. Gomez is like a very sensitive man. Oh, yeah. I feel like he's he's like a Pisces, some sort of like fire Venus. There's something something very sensitive about him. I was intrigued. Meanwhile, while this is happening, we cut over to the children, Wednesday Mm -hmm. and Pugsley. Wednesday has tied her brother up with ropes and stuck an apple in his mouth, and she shoots a crossbow directly at him. So, you know. Kids. Classic kids. What are you going to do? They say the darndest things. I know. Straight from the mouth of babes. So <laughs> we cut over to the master bedroom. Gomez is gazing upon his sleeping wife, Morticia. And we have mm-hmm. this gorgeous shot of her laying in bed with the sunlight like just over her eyes. Oh my gosh, she looks She amazing. like slowly opens them. Her arms are like above her head. She looks absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. So she opens her eyes and looks at him and just goes unhappy darling and he's like oh yes yes completely so he sits next to her and she strokes her cheek and the sun is streaming in and she's like oh il me pèse comme un poignard which means it pierces me like a dagger the sunlight and he <laughs> is like so incredibly aroused every time she speaks french oh my but god this is like the crazy. first taste we get he's like so just like enticed by this woman and he speaks to her in spanish he always calls her what does he call her 
Tish? Like Karamia or something like that. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. And he gets up and he closes the blinds with his sword. And Morticia just like sits up and she looks at him and she's like, Gomez, last night you were unhinged like a desperate howling demon. And it frightened me. Do it again. And I was like, (laughs) oh my God, they're so obsessed with each other and I love it. I looked over at Bella, I was watching this, I was like... I love how they're so romantic. Yeah. Why don't you take some notes, buddy? <laughs> take some notes, bitch, now. Um, I did look up their pet name. Mm. So, uh, Cara Mia is actually Italian mm. for, like, beautiful face. Okay. Um, Querida Mia would be Spanish. Gotcha. Or, like, Carabella, mm. which would be beautiful, darling. Word, word. She's beautiful. She is. So, downstairs... Wednesday and Pugsley get their lunches from Lurch and um, (laughs) Gomez is on the balcony upstairs just hitting golf balls at the roof directly into the window of his neighbor, Judge Womack. And one actually does go through, it shatters the window, lands in a cereal and the cereal like just all over his face. Yeah. And he's like... Adams! Damn you, Adams! (laughs) Later on, Morticia is in the greenhouse um, snipping flowers off of her roses while Gomez plays chess with Thing. And he's like, tonight is our 25th seance. After all these years, like, I've just been gnawed with guilt, burning with uncertainty. And Morticia's like, oh, don't torture yourself, dear. That's my job. And I'm like... (sighs) how do you keep this fire alive after being married for so long i know well this is actually like one of my favorite scenes even though it's at the very beginning because like basically the whole conceit of the adams family is that they're like a subversion of what is considered like normal american family life right Mm -hmm. and so the fact that they are so obsessed with each other and gomez especially is like so hot for his wife so in love with her is because that is abnormal (laughs) in like the tradition american family structure it's like very clean cut like Mm -hmm. no pda yeah and like in any sort of traditional like sitcom especially in the 60s which is like when this sitcom was happening like the family unit was portrayed as like oh kind of like Husband is always, like, fed up with his annoying wife type of thing, whereas he is, like, so devoted to her. And I love this Mm -hmm. scene because it's them just, like, spending quality time together, doing their respective hobbies, but, like, staying in the same room, talking, and it's just, like... Yeah. You can tell that they have, like, such a respect for each other. Mm -hmm. Also, throughout the film, Morticia is a homemaker, but she also is, like very in tune with her kids Mm -hmm. she's always like very supportive of gomez and her kids Mm -hmm. um she gets along with her mother like the mom is not a burden to have in the house yeah it's not like a crazy but horrible Mm mother-in-law not at all so it's really fab honestly Mm -hmm. and then they continue talking about the seance and she's like imagine fester coming back half alive barely human and he's like don't tease me. <laughs> so after this happens, we cut to the outside of the mansion where T- 
Tully Alford, the Adams family lawyer, and his wife Margaret arrive at the mansion. Mm-hmm. And Margaret reminds her husband that these are his last paying clients. So he needs to ask for a loan because they are like on the brink of low-key financial ruin. Bankruptcy. And <laughs> yeah. Tully is like, shut up, stupid wife. I have a plan. So we're already seeing the contrast between one marital unit to another. Right. Inside, Tully is walking through the hallway when he notices a portrait of a teenage Fester Adams holding Mm. a lit candle. And he watches how in the painting, like, the flame in the candle blows out. And some ideas start forming. This is a little information he's going to keep in his back pocket. Because it does say, like, at the bottom of the portrait, like, Fester Adams. 1937 to blank. I actually have no idea what year he's born. That's probably incorrect. (laughs) But it's a a year. It's probably like the 50s. And he is missing. Mm -hmm. So Tully goes into Gomez's office. Gomez, just having the time of his life, throws a sword at him. The two of them spar. Truly, the man could not be happier. Tully is just trying to stay alive. Gomez does like a ton of flips off of his desk and then lands himself in his chair to begin their meeting. Casual. Yeah. Meanwhile, Margaret is sitting in the attic and Morticia, Granny, and Lurch are like going through this um, armoire, Mm -hmm. taking out body bags. And she's like, oh, that's Uncle Knickknack's winter wardrobe. That's his summer wardrobe. That's Uncle Knickknack. <laughs> and they like keep looking through for whatever they're looking for. We don't know yet. Back in the office, Tully has a proposal for Gomez. He proposes the Fester Adams Offshore Retirement Fund under his name, you know, for tax purposes. And he's like, Gomez, this is how Fester can live on. Through money. Gomez is like, I love <laughs> the idea. Yeah. Gomez is freaking sold and they like hop on his desk and Tully is like, Fester, kind to animals, good with children. And Gomez is like, they never proved anything. (laughs) (laughs) And Tully is like, one million dollars. But Gomez is like, wait, this is new business and new business has to be discussed next quarter. (laughs) Tully is like in raged he lunges at gomez which i'm like you gotta know yeah <laughs> that he has faster reflexes yeah but so gomez um gets his ass and tully's on the floor and then gomez is like okay let me go get the you know the money for the monthly expenses and tully just like watches him and actually goes into the other room where he enters the vault mysterious Mm. i also like as we're recording this i currently have my lights off my salt lamp on i have a candle lit and a cocktail and it's really setting the tone i know for this episode so listener i encourage you if you are able to to turn off the lights get a little candle lit while you listen to this episode it Mm. feels very intimate (laughs) snip off some rose blossoms maybe what candle are you burning So for Christmas, my mom sent me like a little toner, like a a spritzing lotion, spritzing whatever spray. 
um, from Mario Badescu, and it came mm-hmm. with a little candle for some reason. That is the candle that I currently got have, your but. Mario Badescu <laughs> rose water scented candle. It's not even scented, so I'm like, what's the point? <laughs> Why did you send me this candle, Mario? Um, we're not Mario. sponsored, not sponsored at all. But if you want to, Mario, yeah, hit, us, hit up. us up. I will gladly accept any PR. Anyways, Morticia, she finally finds what they've been looking for. And she shows Margaret this Chinese finger trap from the court of Emperor Wu. It's, like, very ornate. The the two, like, ends of it are dragon heads. It has, like, rubies and diamonds on it. It's very fancy. And Margaret is just entranced by it. She's like, oh, my God, this must have cost a fortune. This It could be too extravagant for the charity auction. And she immediately sticks her fingers in like an idiot. <laughs> Meanwhile, Granny suggests that they keep it then, but Morticia is like, no, no, it's for charity, widows and orphans. We need more of them. So (laughs) Morticia tells Margaret that she would actually really love if her and Tully came to their seance tonight because she's very worried about Gomez. He can't sleep. He can't eat. And he's coughing up blood. Not like he used to. Womp (laughs) womp. So (laughs) Tully sneaks into the room um, that Gomez used to get to the vault. Like it's the study, a bunch of books. He takes a book off the shelf thinking that it was the one Gomez used to like enter the secret chamber. It's not. A huge gust of wind hits his face and he like slams the book shut. I think it's Gone with the Wind is the book. Oh my gosh. Of course it is. And Lurch notices him snooping. Just. Lurch is useless. I'm like, you had this information the whole time and you told no one. (laughs) He's just keeping it all up here. All up here. So Gomez comes out with his monthly expenses. The man is paying in doubloons. I'm like, what? What? Was it like pirates? Do you have pirate ancestry? Like, Yeah, I do wonder where they got their money from because – Gomez doesn't really doesn't work either. This is all no, generational wealth generational that wealth. we're working with. So I do wonder the origins of the go of the um, Adams family fortune. I do too. I, I would love that origin story. My guess it was probably illegally obtained. But I would have to agree. Yeah. Yeah. So Tully gets back to his office, but when he comes in, Abigail and her son Gordon are waiting for him. And she's there about just, you know, a couple thousand dollars that she lent Tully that he clearly doesn't have. So Gordon brings the heat. He's like, <laughs> you know, like a stocky. I, I don't know if that means he's like, a, like not buff, but he's like, you know. He's like a wide set, like a broad shouldered, mm-hmm. tall, big dude. Right. He picks up Tully by the neck and like spins him 180 he's upside down he's like mom it's your call but his mom is like you know put him down so he crashes to the floor and she's like give me my fucking money or else my son is gonna put your ass to bed and the suitcase that Tully has pops open And they're like, okay, what the fuck is that? Like, they see all the gold coins. And he's like, no, that's not mine. It's from the Adams family account. 
they have a fortune, but I can't get to it. And Abigail's like, okay, have you tried hard enough? And Tully looks at Gordon and he realizes he looks just like Fester. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. So we set the scene for the night. A storm is a brewing mm. and it's perfect seance weather. And I got to say, I do love like a rainy, windy, stormy night, like not for a seance, but like just to cuddle up on the couch and like watch some movies with some blankets. I vibe with that for sure. So then we cut over to this like seedy motel where Tully explains his grand plan to Lone Shark, Abigail, and her son Gordon. <laughs> and Gordon is like, what do you think will make them even fall for it? And Tully's like, listen, if you shave your head, we dress you up. Like, they will totally fall for it. I've been their lawyer forever. They're very stupid. And <laughs> Gordon asks I'm where- I'm like, Tully, you have one account. <laughs> You are literally one client. Yeah, you are on the brink of bankruptcy. You are not the one to be making judgments. It's sounding like you're a little <laughs> yeah. dumb. So Gordon asks where the safe is then, and Tully says he doesn't know, but Gomez is racked with guilt because he hasn't seen Fester in 25 years, and he thinks that he's the one who drove him away. So mm -hmm. he will like do anything to mend this relationship if he thinks that his brother is truly back. So Abigail is like, okay, we'll think it over, sends Tully out, and Gordon and his mom are like, oh my god, this is the scam we've been waiting for. And she's like, yeah, if we do this, no more loan sharking, no more storefront scams. And Gordon's like, yeah, we'll get the gold, then we're gone, and we're going to blame it all on Tully. Hell so, yeah. The old switcheroo. So we cut to the seance. The event of the evening. So Tully and Margaret arrive for the seance, and Margaret asks Wednesday to actually finally help her with the Chinese finger trap. Um, I'm like, how'd you get your clothes on, girl? <laughs> yeah. You're wearing a coat. But Morticia welcomes them and offers entrails. <laughs> and I think Granny comes over with like a tray of entrails. Yeah. They go to the other room. Morticia begins the seance. Everyone joins hands. And Margaret takes Granny's hand, and then Granny's like, ah, ah, my hand, and, like, <laughs> freaks Margaret the fuck out and, like, moves her arm. And it seems like her hand is, like, dismembered, but it's just thing. He's like, hello, Al. Everyone's, like, having a laugh. <laughs> and then they continue the seance. The wording is very cool. I'm not going to repeat it for you. Then... <laughs> Granny <laughs> says that she can feel faster near them and like hears a knock and she's like oh my god like faster like if you're here like you know knock again and they're like booming knocks <gasps> crazy right mm -hmm. so Gomez shoots up and like goes to the door we open the door it's faster <gasps> it's Gordon it's Gordon Gomez is just like fester and hugs him. Then Gordon's mom, Abigail, introduces herself as Dr. Pinderschloss. <laughs> so they all go into the living room and sit down and Dr. Pinderschloss 
tells the Adams about how Fester was found in Miami during a hurricane when they dragged him from the ocean. Into tuna he was, nets. <laughs> he was tangled in a tuna net. It's a whole thing. And um, he had been stranded in the Bermuda Triangle before that. So, like, they did a ton of tests. The de- the Florida Department of Fish and Game determined <laughs> that he is, in fact, Fester Gomez. Fester Gomez, my God. Fester Adams. Mm-hmm. And um, they, you know, passed him off to Human Services. And then she has brought him back. It's a tr- it's some truly insane accent work that we have going on. It's so <laughs> crazy. Oh, my gosh. So, Margaret is just, like, this is ridiculous. Like, there's no way that this is real. But Tully is like, hush, hush, wife. And Gomez fully believes it. Mm-hmm. So Morticia is like, Fester, you're home at last. And he's like, ah, oh, yes. Just for a week, though. I have a lot of things still cooking in the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> and <laughs> Morticia and Gomez can't waste an opportunity to talk about how much they love each other. And they're like, oh. Devil's Island, the black hole of Calcutta. That was our second honeymoon. And they're like visibly turned on in front of the entire family. (laughs) So they, you know, focus on the matter at hand. They ask Dr. Pinderschloss if she'll be staying with them too, but she's like, no, 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 but I will be back to check on him. Meanwhile, as this whole conversation is going on, Pugsley has his arm ensnared in a bear trap. Yeah, he's been, like, playing with Gordon Fester's Mm -hmm. luggage. Yeah. He's like, what's this? Cool. (laughs) Throughout this entire movie, there's so much going on in the background, always. A lot Mm -hmm. of the time with the kids, but just, like, in general, there's always stuff going on in the background. Like, even in that scene in the beginning where it's Morticia and Gomez in the bedroom, and she's like, oh, close the blinds. We see one of her carnivorous plants just, like, writhing away in the sunlight. like, waking up (laughs) and stuff, for sure. Yeah, there's always stuff in the background. So I do recommend, like, just doing a watch to kind of, like, notice what you can see, especially because – the set work, it's, like, so ornate and beautiful. Mm-hmm. There's, like, simply so much to take in visually. That would actually be a great, like, universal ride or, like, fun house experience. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. Really fun. There's so much fodder there. Definitely. So Wednesday, however, unlike her brother, is actually paying attention to this conversation. And she is very suspicious of this whole story. She does not buy it. And mm-hmm. she's, like – Hey, nobody gets out of the Bermuda Triangle, not even for a vacation. And Dr. Pinderschloss is like, oh, child, child, there's just so much you don't understand. The human spirit is a hard thing to kill. Go off with your uh, scam. So Fester. Go off, queen. Yeah, go off. So Fester starts unpacking in his room and Morticia comes in. She's like, oh, let me help you unpack. And he's like, oh, sure. <laughs> so she, like, starts taking his things out. There's a crowbar, dynamite, cyanide. And she's like, you thought we would run out? <laughs> and he starts, like, freaking out. He's like, oh, my God, I'm going to be found. But it's clear that these are all the things that they would expect him to pack, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. she leaves and Fester just shoves everything back in his trunk and he listens in the hall to see if the coast is clear. But when he opens his door, 
Wednesday is just like outside staring at him. So he goes back in his room. He looks through the photographs that are on the desk. There's one of him and um, Gomez at their camp. And there's a photograph of the twins, Flora and Fauna. Mm. Mm. And he hears the creak of a door and, you know, peeks out into the hallway. Wednesday has left and he turns off the lights, just sinks into bed. And by sinks, I mean... Like literally sinks. Yes. (laughs) This is an old ass mattress. Mm -hmm. But he's immediately woken up by his door opening and like a window shattering. And Thing climbs onto Fester's knee and scares him. So we then cut over to the master bedroom. Morticia and Gomez are laying in bed together, and they're just listening to the sounds of Fester screaming. And Gomez is like, oh, I have goosebumps. I'm so happy to have my brother back. Screams in the night. It can only mean one thing. He's home. (laughs) So we cut to the next morning. Fester is sleeping in his bed while Thing, like, sleeps on top of him, kind of like a cat would. Cute. And Gomez... The man loves to watch people sleep, I gotta say. He is just lovingly watched. Maybe he's just fucking up and at him early, okay, Christina? He's an early bird. What can I say? More like an early vulture. Oh, my God. <laughs> so he is, you know, lovingly watching his brother sleep. He picks Thing up and Fester, like, leaps out of bed, like, starts attacking Gomez. And, like, they have a little scuffle and they land on the ground and gomez is like ah it's time for breakfast good to have you back (laughs) there's also knives involved too there's like a knife throwing thing (laughs) they love to throw knives here Mm -hmm. so we go to the kitchen for breakfast everyone sits down and fester gets a heaping plate from granny he's like what What is this (laughs) and granny's like start with the eyeballs Mm. And Morticia's like, it's Mama's specialty de la maison. I don't know how to pronounce that. (laughs) But Gomez is like very swept up upon hearing his wife speak French Mm -hmm. again. Yeah. Morticia's like, Faster, how did you sleep? And he's like, oh, like the dead. They're like, (gasps) you know, red alert. Mm -hmm. Because Gomez is like, oh before bermuda you would toss and turn all night wednesday is on her suspicion game and Mm -hmm. fester is like oh you know the bermuda triangle is a mysterious place like you'd be surprised at all the things you don't know and morticia's like wednesday is obsessed with the bermuda triangle and she studied it very closely i was obsessed with the bermuda triangle as a kid really i would watch like you know history channel like shit on it like i was like what is this like why are so many planes going down and i feel like no one talks about it anymore it's true i really don't know really anything about the bermuda triangle other than like things disappear Mm -hmm. there it's just like i guess a series of planes that went down there that weren't able to be recovered like it, it, it seemed like they disappeared um I really should take another look at it because as an impressionable young kid, I feel like I was probably like, yeah, sure. This makes total sense. (laughs) All the fucking info's there. But now that I like am hearing it back, I'm like, okay, probably not real. (laughs) 
Yeah, my guess is like probably people don't talk about it because maybe like a plane hasn't gone down there in a, in a right. long time. Right. That would be my guess because I feel like if it did happen recently, like Twitter would have a field day. No, for sure. Twitter would have a field month. Like I mean, if it happened. planes are also like just safer now, right? Yeah. So like Bermuda Triangle or not, like mm-hmm. fewer planes have issues. Yeah. So. Absolutely. You know, planes are just going down less. Thank God. So moving right along, Fester changes the subject. and He's like, oh, remember Camp Custer from like one of the childhood photos. He brings up Christmas and like is guessing about traditions and memories. And he says that he plans to just spend the day wandering the house and like remembering and Gomez is like, oh, no, 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 no time for wandering today. We're going straight to the vault. <gasps> oh, yeah. Then Pugsley runs in with a stolen stop sign. And we hear like a series of just like cars colliding and like mm. skidding on the road. And then Gomez is like, bravo, Pugsley. Huzzah. So Gomez brings Fester into the study to show him how to get into the vault. And basically the key is there's this one book on the shelf called Greed, and you just have to pull it. Very clever. And uh, that reveals the secret passageway. They, like, drop through this trap door. They slide down, like, a little twisty slide. Gomez having the time of his life. Fester (laughs) freaking out. And they land on this dock that leads to, like, an underground river. It's very much, like, it's giving me, like, river sticks kind of energy because there's this, like, huge gondola. Oh, yeah, it looks very underworld Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. So there's this gondola. Uh, Gomez picks up a little hat. He puts the little record on. (laughs) And he starts singing along to this Italian ballad. He is just, like, having the best time always and it makes me so happy (laughs) yeah he's he loves a little theater he's like Mm. yeah he really is having a grand old time yeah meanwhile what are the kids up to oh they're just playing in the attic as kids do what are they playing you might ask wednesday is having pugsley sit in an electric chair (laughs) yeah sure and he's like do you think that uncle fester is legit And Wednesday is like, well, our dad says so, but, like, I don't think our mom is sure. And then (laughs) they get to the game, and she's like, Puxley, like, sit in the electric chair. And she's like, it's called, Is There a God? So ominous. I don't think that they realized, like, what they had with Christina Ricci in this first movie. And then in the second one, they were like, oh, we're going to, like, use the crap out of her. Because she, right. I mean, she's, like, in this movie, but not nearly as much as the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, she's It always incredible. shocks me how good of a child actor she was. Yeah. Because it's just, like, have you seen some shit? Like, what's up? Yeah, why are you so good at this? Like, what's Why are you going so on? calm and centered? <laughs> like, are you okay? Yeah. Have you seen, she's in Yellow Jackets, right? Mm-hmm. I haven't Have you, seen I haven't it, watched it, but I've heard it's phenomenal. I've heard that too. Yeah. Miss Melanie Linsky oh, love was her. nominated for an Emmy. Yeah. Let us know if you've watched it because it's on my list. Mm-hmm. Same year. So we go back to this underground lake situation. 
Gomez simply popping off on this Italian ballad, killing the game. And he finally rows them to this door and he puts in the combination two, ten, eleven, eyes, fingers, and toes. They go into like the next room and Gomez is like, all right, here we are, the secret place. And he like opens the door to reveal just kind of looks like a man cave. Yeah, it's like a little sanctum. (laughs) Like a little Um, bachelor pad. (laughs) I will say when he opens up the room with a combination, Mm -hmm. he's like, Fester, like go right ahead. Or yeah, like he like wants Fester to like, you know. Say the combination. Like but, old times. But. Right. But one problem. Mm-hmm. He's a fucking fraud. <laughs> so, you know, they're in this bachelor pad situation. And Gomez is like, oh, these walls could talk, huh? <laughs> and so Gomez is like, oh, you're my senior partner. And Fester's like, and you're my junior spaceman. It's like, <laughs> Okay. All right. So That's pretty funny. <laughs> Gomez is like, let's have a brandy. Brandy first, and then I have a treat. So he sends Fester over to the bar. And when he pulls like the top off of one of the brandy bottles, the wall spins around and reveals the actual vault, which is like miles long. Filled with doubloons and diamonds and just gold as far as the eye can see. It's giving Goonies. I've never seen Goonies. Okay, that's crazy (laughs) that you'd even say that out loud. But yeah, the doubloons are going sicko mode. There are Mm -hmm. a lot of doubloons. Yeah. Like, sir, do you have a bank account? You just. I don't think so. I think this is it. Because that's why he has to go and get, like, mm-hmm. monthly payments to give to right, the lawyer, right, right, probably right. for their, like, property taxes. And he's got to go convert doubloons <laughs> into dollars. Silly little property taxes. <laughs> I actually, so I was watching a video about the Adams Family sitcom and, like, the comics and kind of how, like, the movie compares. And I can't remember if this is from the sitcom or the comics, but apparently there's, like, some sort of scenario where – um the Adams family feel like they don't pay enough in taxes. So Gomez like runs for mayor or he runs for office in some capacity to like raise the amount that they're supposed to pay in taxes. Cause they're like, this is simply unfair. We should be paying more. I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So Lord, pretty wild. But you know, Fester takes in all of the riches and then, you know, the the room spins back around just in time before Gomez turns around to reveal what his treat is. <gasps> it's some home videos. Oh, my gosh. Love me some AFV. So they sit down in these chairs with what I guess are glasses, but they are the biggest Cups I have ever seen it's in my like entire a full life. Bottle of wine, a wine glass. Even more so, it's like a <laughs> vase. Because <laughs> I had one of those glasses, and yeah, it's huge. But this is like, 
you got to hold this with two hands. And I'm like, I kind of want one of these because I do mm-hmm. love drinking out of my gin goblets. There's just something about a huge receptacle that is very satisfying. You know what it reminds me of? Those drinks that used to be really popular in like 2012 where you'd go to like a place and it'd have a huge, huge like fishbowl drink. Yeah. And it would have like, it'd be lit up in a fucking mm-hmm. insane color. And there's yeah. like six straws, and you and your girlfriends are like, <laughs> I've actually never had one of those. Haven't either. But if we go to the casino ever, I'm sure we could get one. Well, there was this bar um, that I used to go to for ladies' night sometimes in Singapore because uh, you would walk in and you would get four drink tickets just for free if you're a woman on Wednesday. Very nice. And so, like, I would be drinking my drinks, and if you went up on stage and sang with the live band, (laughs) then they would give you a fishbowl for free. That's traumatizing. (laughs) I never did, but one time my friends went there when I was, like, not back in Singapore for summer or whatever, and they did get the fishbowl. They went and they sang, like, Umbrella (sighs) or something by Rihanna on stage, and then they got the (laughs) fishbowl. That's crazy. Anyways... Back to the matter at hand. They're drinking out of their giant glasses and they're watching these home videos and it's kind of like videos of them as children doing shenanigans, like blowing up the lake or something like that. And then... Pretending they're sharks. Yeah, you know, classic. The next video is them at a debutante ball and you can see them meeting Fauna and Flora, the twins. And Gomez is like, oh, Fester, do you remember that night? And Fester is like, uh, was it the night you had your first cigar? And Gomez is like, please, I've been smoking since I was five. Mother insisted. (laughs) Yeah. So he points to the girls and he asks Gomez if he could ever forgive him. And it's like, what? And basically, back then, Gomez was very jealous of Fester because he was so dashing he could have any woman he could, you know, could ever want, and he was jealous. And so he actually, like, I guess hooked up with both of them. I, like, I don't think you can really hook up with one of them. Yeah, I, they're conjoined twins, if we haven't mentioned that, if that's not yeah. clear. So, yeah, he, he, you know, romanced the both of them, even though he didn't have real feelings for them, but just because he was jealous that they were into Fester. Yeah. And he's like... You know, I can admit it now, but I didn't mean to drive you off to the Bermuda Triangle. And Fester is like, oh, it's all water under the bridge. Forgiven, forgotten. And Gomez, you know, pulls him in for a big old hug and they're having this embrace. And then Gomez pulls him into a headlock because, you know, (laughs) they're scamps. And he's like, "Say, say the secret password. And Gomez is like, what? What's the password? And he's like, come on, the password we said all the time as kids. And he's like, you're killing me. I can't breathe. <laughs> so <laughs> Fester's like, it was a long time ago. Like, you, you almost killed me. And Gomez is like, what did they do to you in the Bermuda Triangle? So He's forgetting a couple too many things. The seeds of doubt have been planted and watered. Whoa. All they need is <laughs> oxygen and sunlight. And um, manure or whatever. The fertilizer. <laughs> <Your> fertilizer. Cow <laughs> shit. 
I'm not a gardener. <laughs> so Wednesday straps Pugsley into the electric chair. I like injured myself choking <laughs> myself for that. <laughs> Holy shit. Don't mind me. <laughs> My neck just we gotta really get hurts. a stunt woman in next time. It's cause you're supposed to you're supposed to press and not squeeze. <laughs> but <laughs> So Pugsley is like, if it's not Uncle Fester, who is it? And she's like, I don't know, someone else, and flips the switch. <laughs> and she's like, it has to warm up so it can kill you. And Morticia comes up the stairs. She's like, guys, we're going to be late for the charity ball. Like, let's get going. But Wednesday is like, but I was just about to. And she's like, we need to get going. And Pugsley's like, but please... And Morticia's like, okay. And so Wednesday electrocutes Pugsley, and they're all just like, oh, you're so quirky. (laughs) So they go to the auction. Next up is the Adams Family Chinese Finger Trap, and Judge Womack begins the bidding at 5,000. But Gomez is like, that's not good enough. 20,000. And then Morticia's like fucking off a bean. She's like, oh my God, 30,000, 40,000. She's like, 50,000. And Gomez kisses up Morticia's arm and they begin making out. And Judge Womack is like, no one. Uh, 50,000, 50,000 wins. Yes. This is purely like an orgasmic experience for them it's like some sort of power play Mm -hmm. like it's very sensual and also they're giving to charity so yeah it's win-win the elderly (laughs) in the insane right something like that yeah Yeah. because i remember morticia looks at her mom and granny's like oh that's me (laughs) so they drive home lurch drives them home and there's like hip-hop music playing Oh. And I'm like, are they banging in the back? Like, <laughs> is that what this implies? Oh, my but God. But no, 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 no. They aren't because there are kids in the back. Hold on. I totally forgot. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Gomez and Wednesday's on his lap and mm. Fester and Morticia. And he plays with the finger trap. But then he goes, how do you take it off? Gomez, Morticia, Wednesday, all exchange looks. They're like, mm. this isn't who he says he is. Yep. And Morticia's like, there's a trick to it. And like clicks the switches and takes it off for him. So Gomez is like, you're done. You're done. <laughs> so at home that night, Gomez is, you know, trying to kind of like sort through his feelings of, you know, potentially being duped. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of taking out this frustration by playing with his model trains on a on a railroad track. As any adult male would, you know? The healthiest expression of rage I've maybe ever seen from a man in a movie. <laughs> in The Sopranos, Bobby Bacala has a train set, which mm. he, like, plays with. It's in the later seasons. It just reminded me because he also wears the conductor's hat. Ah, very nice. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Gomez is like maniacal. Yeah. He's he's really going through it right now. Mm-hmm. So he's 
like, I can't believe, like, Fester asked how to take off the finger trap because it was a party favor at his 10th birthday. Meanwhile, like, Morticia is sitting with the kids and the whole house is kind of, like, shaking because of this railroad track. And they're, they're, you know, a little concerned. And Gomez is like, he wore that finger trap for two years and mother had to teach him how to eat with his feet. And then, you know, the thing with the combination and then the password and the cigar and how Fester slept so well. And the trains are just chug-a-chug-chugging along that track, speeding around, around Dead Man's Curve. Meanwhile, while this is happening, Fester sneaks himself into the vault he goes down the stairs to try and pull the right chain to get through the trap door but he pulls the wrong one Mm -hmm. and he ends up like getting sucked up into this like trap door which goes into this like pipe that's clear and it's filled with water and fish in it and it also goes through the kids room so morticia and the kids just kind of watch as fester like shoots through this water pipe which then you know takes him out it like dumps him outside of the house yeah they have these like sewage or like drainage Mm -hmm. things that dump outside of the house there are also like various other trap doors because later on like wednesday goes through a trap door in her floor and it like leads her to that same um like exit and each door is labeled for like wednesday and pugsley so it's like their tunnels to escape out of the house for, you know, whatever they need to. Whatever purposes. Yeah. So Gomez, he has his trains going still, and he asks the spirits to give him a sign. Will he be joyous or damned? And then we see the trains, boom, collide. Oh, no. What could that mean? Fester finally makes it through whatever ordeal he's been going through in the house and like goes out that escape door mm-hmm. and um Morticia's actually waiting for him outside in a really great cloak also yeah they take a little stroll through the cemetery and she just shows him the different graves of their family members and she says you know people buried here they were psychopaths friends Mad dog killers, pioneers, lest we forget. And then they come to Fester's old vulture's grave. And she tells him that it, like, he just wasn't the same after he left. And he wasn't pecking anymore. He wasn't chirping. And that's how much Fester means to their family. They also come to the mother and father Adam's grave. And she's like, ah. Oh, I wish that, like, the kids could have met them, but try telling that to an angry mob. And then she reads him the family crest, which translates to, we gladly feast on those who would subdue us. And she tells him as an Adams, he understands completely, right? And Fester is like, as an Adams, I do. Yeah, totally. (laughs) All clear. So the next morning... Fester gets on the phone with his mother and he's like, mommy, they're on to me. I need your help. Meanwhile, in the background, we see that Pugsley has Wednesday gagged and bound in a chair behind him. 
and he runs up to Fester, helping him pick out a bottle of poison. I think he picks arsenic, but I'm not 100%. So we then cut over to the kitchen where Morticia is talking to her mother about how Gomez's trains were everywhere, like the kids are beside themselves, we're all just so worried about him. We then have this really great gag where Wednesday is walking by holding a knife and Morticia is like, is that for your brother? She says yes. And Morticia takes the knife out of her hand and gives her like a giant fucking like cleaver (laughs) instead to use and sends her on her way. We have a lot of kind of gags like this where they're like constantly subverting expectations. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, you can't shock your brother with an electric chair, but it's because we're running late. Yeah. That kind of thing happens a lot. I did find that at a certain point, it just got, like, very predictable. So it wasn't, like, as enjoyable. I wish they used it a little bit more sparingly throughout. But it's, like, the convention of, you know, this trope. So I was fine with it. Mm -hmm. But Morticia asks her mother how she can help Gomez. And so Granny opens this, like, huge book. And flips over to the troubled husband section. It's like spells, hexes. Yeah, potions, whatever. Hello, I'm Mikael Ford, the host of I Watch This As An Adult Movie Reviews. Join me on my journey as I revisit movies from my childhood. It's an hilarious journey and you don't want to miss it. Episodes are available on all platforms. Happy nostalgia. Meanwhile, Fester is just freaking out about how the plan won't work. Like everyone in the house is suspicious of him. And his mother's like, we can fix this. I will counsel the like trouble. I don't know how what I'm saying. <laughs> she can basically facilitate a family therapy session and ease their distress and she's like i am a doctor after all so they have this therapy session where gomez and morticia sit down with abigail aka dr pinder schloss and gomez is like fester is an imposter he's a phony and fester storms off listening outside of the door because he's like scared (laughs) And he notices Wednesday and Pugsley having a sword fight. And Wednesday, like, dies very dramatically. Fester yells, no. He's like, no, 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 no. And runs downstairs to Wednesday and Pugsley. And he asks Pugsley if he's ever slaughtered someone before. And Wednesday's like, he's just a child. And Fester's like, that's no excuse. So he shows them how you would actually kill someone. And he's like, you got to go for a major artery, like go for the jugular. Meanwhile, back in therapy, Gomez is still ranting about Fester being a fraud when Abigail interrupts him and asks if he's ever heard of the theory of displacement. And she explains that he is the one who drove Fester away and he is the one who's feeling guilty, which is causing him to displace. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, does she mean like projection? Is that what she's trying I, to say? Is this like I a think, real thing? No, right? I don't, I don't think it's real. <laughs> From what I gathered, it's just like, oh, you're misplacing mm-hmm. your feelings of guilt right. on like him being a phony. 
but I, I, yeah, I don't like, think like I paranoid. think she's full of shit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So she says that his feelings are bubbling and colliding. He suspects things. He resents Fester. It's a love-hate relationship like he had with his mother. And Gomez is like, I don't hate my mother, but displacement. How bizarre. I thought Fester was the problem. He's sullen. He's furtive, backstabbing. He sulks. I hate him. <gasps> By God, she's right. He is Fester. <laughs> So Fester just gets along swimmingly with the kids now, and they read this book together. The title is like Wounds, Scars, and Gouges. Wednesday is still suspicious, so she brings up the Bermuda Triangle, but Fester like distracts by turning the page to a new chapter. Cue an explosion. Like Fester has now taught the kids how to make bombs, and they like tunnel under the, the fucking <laughs> yard. Yeah, just some cute little family bonding time. So Fester gets back to his room where his mother is waiting for him and confirms that everyone will be at the kids' play tonight. And Fester's like, yeah, I'm so excited. I've been working with them. It's going to be so much fun. And she's like, <laughs> you're having fun? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and she slaps him. And then she's like, she gets kind of mad. Oh, I'm so sorry. You drove me to it. And I'm like, oh my God, the manipulation going on here. And she tells him that he can't go to the play. The house will be deserted. So that's like the perfect time for them to search for the vault. Fester, however, really wants to go to the play because he is for the first time experiencing like a loving family. Right. Yeah. Because clearly his mother is a nightmare. It's so weird. She like pulls his head to her chest and she's they like They have a weird relationship. Like, it's very weird. It's a, it's like a weird um I guess what's like the opposite of an edible thing? Like when it's the mother that has the weird hold on I the I mean child. it's Freudian. Yeah. It's like wanting to like have sex with your mom is like a Freudian ideology. But it's like it's more I feel like it's more her. She's the oh, possessive one. Oh, I see one. what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the term is, but it's very weird and I don't like it. And she like pulls his head to her chest and she's like, Ugh. listen to my heart. It's beating only for you. And it's telling you to go to the vault. Creepy. Later on, Gomez joins Fester on the roof and he says that he was a fool for doubting him. It was displacement. Ugh. Ugh, displacement. So Gomez and Fester just like look out onto the cemetery. And Gomez is like, it's all ours. Like you belong here. And Fester tells him that he has a beautiful wife, wonderful kids, and he's just getting in the way. And Fester tells Gomez to just take care because for him, life is all fun and games a dance in the graveyard, stench and decay, but things change. And Gomez is like, we can't spend years apart again like you're home. So Thing hands them some clubs and the brothers hit golf balls off of the balcony and right through Womack's window. So the kids then knock on Fester's door later that night, asking him to come to the play. But Fester... 
He has to like yell at them and say, I "Oh, know. I changed my mind. I'm not going to help you anymore." To get that them was out heartbreaking. Of the house. It was super sad. And once they're gone, he sits at his desk, building a bomb. <gasps> oh wow! So we then go over to the school where the play is happening. The Adams pull up, and once they're kind of in the the hallway. Morticia is pulled aside by Miss Ferkins, who is Wednesday's teacher, and she brings Morticia over to this bulletin board, and she's like, yeah, I'm just a little concerned because this <laughs> month our bulletin theme was heroes, and each student picked out their hero, like the president, Jane Polly, and Morticia's like, oh my god, have you spoken to their parents? I know. <laughs> So Ferkins is like, um, and this is who Wednesday picked. And she's like, oh my god, Calpurnia Adams. That's Wednesday's great aunt. She was burned as a witch in 1706. They say she danced naked in the town square and enslaved oh, wow. a minister. But don't worry. We've told Wednesday. College first. <laughs> so later on, they run into Margaret and she's like, oh, look at, like, Tully Jr. He's so cute. And he, she's, like, pinching his cheeks. Oh, and my God. <laughs> she's like, I made his costume myself. And Morticia's like, oh, he's a lizard? And she's like, no, he's an elf. And she's like, oh, he's so cute. I could just eat him alive. And Morticia's like, oh, no, he's too young. <laughs> so many great little one-liners. Like, this plot. Yeah is very thin and there isn't really one. It's on ice, baby. But, you know, this movie is just kind of skating by on one-liners and vibes. <laughs> I have to agree. I We were talking about this earlier, but it is very much like a get-to-know-you movie. Mm -hmm. The things that are happening, like actual changes in people's lives, not really present. <laughs> Pretty minimal, yeah, yeah. I would say. Yeah. So everybody files into the auditorium for the show, and we have this huge group of kids. I think they're all dressed as flowers. Yeah, and something like they're that. singing "Getting to Know You," and it reminded me a lot of this like dance piece that I did when I was a kid. I think I've maybe talked about this on the pod before, maybe in like the Ice Princess episode or something, where like um, we all of the girls were dressed up as like flowers, and we were sitting in these like huge pots, and then the one oh boy gosh. in my dance class like would come around with a watering can like to pretend to like pour water on us and then like we would sprout and then we like did this dance yeah. in like the flower pots. So it reminded me a lot of that. The so. production value is high. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Adams, however, they're not impressed. They're very over it and they're bored. They're, they're literally not, like, fucking bored. They're like <laughs> yawning. It's it's interesting because like with the Adams, like they don't really care what anybody thinks about them. They're just kind of doing their own thing. I don't find them to be, like, overtly rude to normal people. There's just kind of, like, a subtle mm, disdain, I guess, for the kind of, like, niceties. It's never against people who are, like, genuinely kind or anything like that. It's against yeah. people who are, like, putting on a facade and who actually are, like, not accepting or tolerant or anything like that. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Also, I will say they look amazing. Like, they showed up to the school. <laughs> Gomez was wearing a huge fur coat. Morticia yeah. looked 
absolutely fucking snatched. Dressed to the nines. Yeah. <laughs> they looked awesome. Yeah. Meanwhile, backstage, Wednesday and Pugsley are getting ready when who shows the freak up? Fester. Fester. He comes out of nowhere and he's like, kids, I changed my mind and then throws them some props. And then he goes to sit down with the rest of the Adams and just like cringes at this getting to know you performance. Like getting to know you, <laughs> getting to know Back at home, Abigail is trying to, you know, like exact her plan, mm. finds out she's running solo dolo. <laughs> and the vines are like, not today. So they tie her up and like capture her and drag her away. Then it's finally Pugsley and Wednesday's turn to perform. They've chosen a Shakespeare scene. I think it's Hamlet. I'm not sure. I That makes sense. Again, when I say chic, this <laughs> is it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like they should get extra credit because they're actually doing something. Yeah, like, absolutely. Good. There's a vision there. Right. It does get a little off the rails. Like they do their scene, but they stop each other and like dismember each other. The fake blood is wild. Like there is it's a splashdown. <laughs> yeah. The blood just squirts out like a fire hose and like the entire like first seven rows are like mm-hmm. getting blood all over them. But at the end the Adams family stands up, including Lurch, and they're like, bravo, bravo. So it was a hit. Yeah. So that night after the show, Fester tucks Wednesday into bed, and he tells her about the Bermuda Triangle and, like, the various things that he saw. He's like, oh, yeah, there were pirates and there were tourists (laughs) from a lost plane that was going to Miami. And she asks him to promise that he'll take her there one day. And so he kisses her on the forehead. It's really cute. And then she pulls out her headless doll and has him kiss the headless doll and then pulls out the doll's head and has him kiss the doll's head too. And she then lays down in her bed, like with her arms crossed over her, like vampire style (laughs) to go to sleep. (laughs) She has style. Give her that. Yeah. I thought it was a a good touch. I liked it. Mm Mm-hmm. Then we have another one of my favorite scenes in this movie, a very juicy Morticia and Gomez scene. So in the graveyard, Morticia and Gomez are sitting on this couch and they reminisce about the night that they met. It was her first funeral. It was actually uh, Gomez's cousin Balthazar's funeral and he was still a suspect at the time. (laughs) And he's like, oh, you were so pale and mysterious no one even looked at the corpse and she's like oh and i couldn't stop staring at you all through the eulogy and he proposed that very night wow so morticia then talks about how one day they'll be buried here in matching coffins their bodies rotting for all eternity and he is just so enthralled and aroused by his wife and he's he like, cara mia. And she's like, mon sauvage. And they just like have this very passionate, like romantic kiss. And I'm like, ladies, if he doesn't want to rot next to you for all of eternity. Cut him loose. Dump his Cut ass. him loose. It's over. Like, 
truly, this is the love that I want. I hope my boyfriend is taking notes um, so he can start talking to me about, you know, when we die together. (laughs) It's just, oh my gosh, it's such a cool scene. It also made me really, really, really want like a prequel series of like Morticia and Gomez, the early years. Yeah, how they met. And like, you know, their first bit of being married before they had children, I think that would be very spicy because clearly they have a simply explosive sex life. Explosive would be putting it mildly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They also have this amazing like cutaway scene when they start Mm. to talk about this and it's like a statue like sprawled out on their back and another statue that's like naked and another statue that's like doing something else but it's all like very suggestive and it's like it's more than even just like sexual it's very like romantic yeah i really like their connection and they Mm. have the actors i mean have great chemistry like it's Mm -hmm. so palpable absolutely i do think that they like did you guys hook up (laughs) right i do think that they will be getting a nomination for best couple at the stardazzle awards i think you're right yeah So we go to the next day and Lurch is just doing his job. He's working in the greenhouse and Abigail is totally wrapped up in this plant. Then at breakfast, Pugsley asks Fester if he liked the blood in the play last night. And Fester's like, oh, yes, I was so proud. And Morticia's like, we were all proud. And then Granny like screams and she's like, who put this in here? And she takes something out of the pot. Like, I don't know if it's like an arm. Oh, it's a it's a full-on leg, like yeah. a foot skeleton. Yeah. And Fester and Pugsley are, like, giggling with each other. They obviously pulled the prank. And she's like, this is for company. <laughs> so Dr. Pol- Penterschloss? Polterschloss? Pippinschloss? Gijo Hohe. Pinderschloss. Okay. <laughs> Dr. Pinderschloss just strolls in and Gomez tells her that um, she was right about the displacement. Like, it's over now. They're, they've become close again. And she's like, oh, that's so nice, but Fester has to go. And Gomez is like, well, if you have to leave, like, at least we can mark the occasion. And Morticia says that they have planned a farewell party with the entire Adams Family clan. And Dr. Penderschloss is like, oh, that's a lovely gesture. And Morticia's like, thank you, doctor, for making us a family again. And she's like, oh, call me Greta. And asks Buster to walk her out. I'm like, lurch. Useless. <laughs> are you serious? Useless. <laughs> are you actually dead? Like, are you dead? I mean, probably. He doesn't speak, but... But Thing can communicate. Yeah. Thing knows ASL and Morse code. Come on, Lurch. You're letting me down. So, outside the mansion, Fester tells Abigail, you know, everything's fine. It's totally in control. Gonna get to the vault. And she's like, just reminding you, they're not your family and they don't love you. I do. Contrary to literally everything I've ever fucking said to you. <laughs> she doesn't say that part, but. Right. But I'm also there. like 
sweetie. They're so nice to him. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have a leg to stand on. No, not at all. And so Fester is like, yeah, I'm really fine. I promise you. And Abigail is like, we'll see and walks out. Later on, Fester walks into the ballroom with the family and he is just kind of like really overwhelmed by the fact that they are throwing him this party in this beautiful, huge ballroom. Yeah, he's like touched. I know. it's It makes me so sad for the life that he has had to endure with this monster woman. Mm-hmm. And Gomez like looks around the ballroom and he's like, Morticia, or Tish rather, <laughs> how long has it been since we waltzed? And she looks at him. She's like, oh, Gomez, it's been hours. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? I love you so much. (laughs) It's so fun. It's a blast. So he immediately like picks up her hand and they start to waltz and he dips her and we get a seamless transition into the ball. So we transition from this amazing waltz to the actual party in the ballroom and everyone's dancing they're having a blast lurch is acting as valet (laughs) who showed up oh my god it's cousin it in his like miniature car and he like comes into the party immediately sees margaret he's enthralled (laughs) margaret on the other hand is scared to death and she's like tully like don't leave my side Cousin it comes up to her, asks her for a dance, and Tully's like, oh, yeah, take her away. Like, enjoy the take night. Take my fucking bitch wife that I can't stand. I'm like, Tully, you're the problem. Mm-hmm. You are Absolutely. the problem. Absolutely. Uh, so they go off to dance. Morticia comes up to Wednesday, who's dancing with Cousin Lumpy Adams. <laughs> that, that boy looks crazy. And... <laughs> Morticia's like, Wednesday, can you like go upstairs and check on Fester? So Wednesday does go upstairs and she makes her way to Fester's room and he's like in the ensuite with his mother. She's shaving his head, I believe. And she, <laughs> she over- is. <laughs> <laughs> and she overhears Abigail talking to Fester about how they're going to be robbing the vault tonight. So she like throws open the door and she's like, I knew you were a fake. And she runs off. Fester, like Abigail, sends Fester to run after her. She ends up going through that trap door in her bedroom, and mm-hmm. it like lands her outside the graveyard. And Fester chases after her. Meanwhile, back in the ballroom, Gomez runs into the one and only Flora and Fauna, and he's like, "Oh, ladies, I'm blinded by your beauty." He's and so I'm- much. I know. And they're like, oh, Gomez, you're such a terrible flirt. And then they get into an argument about, like, which one of them he was flirting with. Mm -hmm. And Morticia comes over to greet them. And she's like, oh, Flora and Fauna, I've heard so much about you. And again, like, not a single ping of jealousy with Morticia. No. Because she she knows she's got him. She doesn't have to worry about anyone else. And – The women are like, oh, you're so lucky. You nabbed him. You're so lucky. Like, he was mine. No, he was mine. And they start fighting. And Morticia is like, ladies, ladies, I simply can't compete with you. You're twice the woman I am. And (laughs) Tully then comes up to them. And Gomez 
you know, introduces the twins and says that they're waiting for Fester, but how about he amuse them in the meantime? <laughs> He's literally like, amuse them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Margaret is kind of having a little moment with cousin It. Like, she's, uh, yeah. she's starting to feel a little charmed, maybe. There's a little chemistry there. Okay. Absolutely. I'm talking periodic Between her table. and the mop of hair. <laughs> but what's under the hair? You know, what's the man? Yeah. Gotta peel back the layers. So Flora and Fauna are talking to Tully and they're like, oh yeah, Fester is the older brother. So he gets the house, he gets the money, you name it. And Fauna is like, oh, I wonder if he's still single. And Flora asks if um, Tully... I, I don't remember exactly what they ask him. One of them is like, oh, are you Mr. Alfred? And like they flirt with him a bit. The, the conversation does get a little muddy for me. Yeah, I, I truly all I really remember from that combo is like, oh, Gomez or Fester gets everything. Yeah. And he was like, hmm, intriguing. And that's all I really remember. So the long short of their conversation is just that. Tully learns that Fester gets everything and he gets their names confused and he's like, listen, I'm flattered. Bye. Leaves. <laughs> Meanwhile, Fester can't find Wednesday and he's like, okay, like, can we just leave? But his mom is like, no, you need to pull yourself together. She'll turn up. Like, just go downstairs to the party. I'll be down soon. Yes, so Fester makes his way into the ballroom and Morticia tells everybody that tonight they dance because of their guest of honor, Fester Adams. And then Gomez initiates the mamushka and talks about how this dance was taught to them by their Kozak cousins and it's an Adams family tradition. He has his little coat on. He has it's a, like a fez on. Yeah, it's like a fez. And he starts to dance the mamushka for fester and uh this sequence is long it's a long sequence mm -hmm. and we learned that actually originally it was supposed to be much longer which so, is insane <laughs> yeah glad that they cut that down because even still it might be a little bit much and we then cut over to kind of like the foyer where abigail runs into tully and she tells him that there's trouble and he's like listen i'm in charge don't worry about it we are going to plan b so back to the mamushka, Fester picks up on it quick. He's yeah. like, all right, we're in it. I'm locked in, freaking locked in. There is a lot of knife work, let me tell you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The man catches a knife in his teeth. Like he's <laughs> locked in. Yeah. And Morticia has a bomb violin solo that comes out yeah. of absolutely left field. <laughs> but she just like looks incredible and she's like, da, 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 da. and, um, yeah, it, let's dance the dance of brotherly love. Mamushka. Yeah, they start singing at one point. It's like a <laughs> full-on musical number. It's pretty wild. Meanwhile, Tully has started to enact Plan B, and he makes his way over to Judge Womack's house. And he asks him mm. if he would like to be rid of the Adams for good. And Womack is like, Bitch, tell me when and where, and I will be there. <laughs> Womack sucks. Just a corrupt, mean old man. Meanwhile, Margaret 
is having another little moment with cousin it. They're like standing on a balcony and she's like, oh, you know, I've been married for 20 years, but people grow and they change. What's happening with Fester though? Oh, actually we kind of just fast forward to the end of the night. (laughs) (laughs) So we fast forward to the end of the night. Fester is bidding his guests adieu. Flora and Fauna give him kisses. Like we can actually see um, a lipstick mark on the back of his head. (laughs) Very funny. And Margaret says her woeful goodbyes to cousin it. She's like, oh, I can't. We couldn't. We shouldn't. Call me. (laughs) And it's really cute. All this is going on. Fester is on cloud nine. He has had an amazing party. He just bursts into his room, picks up his mom, and he's like dancing. And he's like, mamushka, mamushka. (laughs) Until she's like, stop it. Get off of me. And Fester's like, ah, oh. these beautiful twins. And his mom is like, have you been having a good time? <gasps> right. And Fester's like, oh, it's been marvelous. And he starts dancing again. She is so upset. And he's like, mother? And she's like, oh, mother, mother who? I don't recall. <laughs> and she's like, insanely passive aggressive just like Mm -hmm. i'm dandy don't concern yourself with me gordon please return to your depraved orgy sometimes i think you're not even my son i'm just your mother you only owe me your entire existence on this planet please gordon by all means go sing dance date oh my god (laughs) so we're at manipulation station absolutely one passenger it's gordon (laughs) slash fester Mm mm-hmm And Fester just, like, apologizes completely. He's like, you know, the party's over. It means nothing to me. The the twins, the cousins, you know, no one is you. And she's like, say it, Gordon. Make me believe it. (laughs) Very cringe. And Gordon is like, I love you and I want money. And she's like, okay, we have to find Tully. It's so weird. I hate it. They have a weird relationship. I mean, I'm glad that she's not his actual mom. Yeah. But it is like, it's super, super, super weird. Oh, yeah. Because like everything that's being said here could easily be said between a couple. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I hate it. I don't like it. Yikes. So (laughs) we go back to the ballroom where Gomez and Morticia are watching sweet little Pugsley sleep on a serving tray. He's all tuckered out. I did think that was cute. It looked very Anne Gattis. Yeah. So he eventually wakes up and they tell him that the party is over and they ask if he's seen Wednesday. And Morticia gets immediately very worried about the fact that nobody has seen her since the mamushka. But Gomez is like, don't worry. We will find her. So they gather like everybody in the household. Gomez pulls out a map and he splits everybody up into teams and like assigns them places to look for Wednesday, like kind of outside of the property. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, check the bottomless pit. That's her favorite. And he (laughs) actually calls up to Fester, who's just like standing in his window. And he's like, oh, you take the ravine and the abandoned wall. But Fester's like, um, actually... Maybe I should stay behind in case she comes back. And they're like, good thinking. And everybody splits up and goes to their assigned spots. What's Tully up to? Oh, he's just in the study. 
basking in the sunlight of a random book that I'm assuming is like on a beach. It's the sun also rises. Yeah. So clever. Yeah. So Abigail and Fester walk in. They get to their business. Back outside, everyone is searching for Wednesday. Gomez actually finds her. She's just asleep in the mausoleum. She's taking a little nap. Classic. (laughs) Who wouldn't be? So they head back to the gate, which is just like locked, covered in chains. It has like police line, do not cross, no trespassing, court order. And Holly walks up to them and serves them a restraining order to keep a distance of 1,000 yards from the house. Because it is not their house, it belongs to the oldest living descendant, Fester Adams. Mm. I'm like, they just stepped out for a second. Yeah. Who's doing a court order at this hour? Well, I guess if you're in cahoots with the judge. Right, 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 right. So the family is distraught. They're shocked. And Tully is like, you know, Fester's afraid of Gomez. Like, seeing the twins brought back all the memories of their rivalry. Gomez is like, it can't be. I need to talk to Fester. But Tully just shoots him down. He's like, it's not a good time. You should all just leave. And walks back to the house. Finally, Wednesday, like, wakes up from her nap. And she's like, it wasn't even Uncle Fester. Mm. Gomez says that justice will prevail. The courts will decide. They say a man who represents himself has a fool for a client. Well, with God as my witness, I am that fool. And, of course, they go to court and Judge Womack immediately sides with Fester. He did that, yeah. So. For sure. Shit out of luck. The Adams family, they go back to the mansion and they grab what possessions they can and they load up the car to move out. Um, I did make a list. I do feel like Thing brought a lot of stuff. He did. He did. So <laughs> Granny brings her giant cauldron. Wednesday takes her favorite marionette. Pugsley takes his chemistry set. Lurch uproots his favorite tree. Morticia takes one of her carnivorous plants. And Thing has like a whole toy like red wagon full of stuff. Yeah. I, re- I saw like there was a glove and it, I don't know, it's just like a big pile of shit that he is able to take yeah big pile of shit thing (laughs) fucking thing um and fester just sadly watches them pack up and leave so that night tully fester and abigail try to get into the vault but they keep falling into the same trap and like getting pushed out uh the back end of the house in the morning morticia talks to the kids Uh, She says that they may have lost their home, but they are Adamses, and they will not submit. They will survive no matter if they are poisoned, strangled, or have their bones broken. Why? Because we're Adamses. So she's really taking control of the situation and trying to be like a supportive mom who's like, you know what? We can roll with the punches. Like, it's all going to be okay. Yeah, especially because at this point, like, Gomez is very despondent he's kind of in shock yeah we see like thing massaging his forehead (laughs) in the background yeah he's not doing too hot so it's time for everybody to get to work so we see the kids set up a little lemonade stand they serve lurch a glass and he like burps and it shoots fire which actually like incinerates a statue 
Oh, I thought it was a woman. No, it, yeah, it was it was a statue, not okay. an actual person. I was like, I'm surprised they did that. Like, I'm surprised yeah. they put that on camera. Just murder. Um, yeah, we actually don't. I mean, we don't see any murder of any kind, but we actually, we especially don't see yeah. the Adamses like murder anybody. Meanwhile, Morticia has gone to the employment agency to try and find a job. So she tells the lady that, you know, rather than going to college, she had private tutors and her major was spells and hexes. And she's like, oh, okay, so liberal arts. Um, do you do any volunteer work? And Morticia says that every week she visits death row with her children, you know, so they can get autographs. I don't think that was in my version. Like, just that one line, though. Oh, really? Just that one line. Oh. But. Because I, I watched it on Netflix here, and it was in it was in my version. Huh. And the lady then asks what her husband does, and she's like, oh, he's actually going through a bit of a rough patch right now, but it's not his fault. And she's like, oh, no, of course not. Like. Is he a loafer, hopeless layout, shiftless dreamer? And she just looks sadly off and she's like, not anymore. He used to be all those things. Yeah. <laughs> and a great lover. Mm-hmm. So Pugsley and um, Wednesday are really working hard with their lemonade stand. When this girl who looks like she's in full house comes up to them in her Girl Scout uniform and she's like, is your lemonade made with real lemons? I only eat organic. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I only eat organic, like no preservatives. And she's like, listen, I'll buy a glass of your lemonade if you buy one of my delicious boxes of Girl Scout cookies. And Wednesday is like, are they made from real Girl Scouts? And the girl just walks off. I'm like, I bet they weren't. Girl Scout cookies are not organic. Absolutely not. Full of preservatives. Um, the silence is so loud when she's just like yeah. staring at her. <laughs> also, it's good. Hysterical to me that she's like, is this organic? When literally on the table are like eight bottles of poison and then a lemon. And it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Like these little scenes are so inconsequential and really give nothing to the overall plot, but they are really enjoyable. It's giving superfluous. Yeah. <laughs> it's giving unnecessary. <laughs> so we then see Morticia. She has gotten a job at like a preschool. She is telling the kids the story of Hansel and Gretel, but she does tell it from the perspective of the witch. And she asks the kids to like imagine what it felt like to be burning alive and writhing in pain in the fire. That probably wasn't it. That probably wasn't it. <laughs> yeah, the kids do start sobbing. So wasn't... Quite the move, I would say, for toddlers. Would have to agree. Thing is out there just tearing it up as a postmaster at like a nice office building. I'm like, I think you got the best job. Oh, for sure. Like, for sure. <laughs> so Gomez, however, the man is not doing too hot. He is just sitting in front of the TV, vegetating. He looks unkempt, like he's he always has his hair done. He always has like kind of an amazing outfit, but he is seriously down in the dumps. So yeah, he's kind of like just looking through channels and then he stops on a program about voodoo witch doctors. Meanwhile, back at the Adams house, Gordon, aka Fester and Abigail are eating lunch and she tells him that they'll need to try again for the vault after their meal. And he is just kind of like moving his 
food around his plate. He's really, he's really down in the dumps. And he's like, yeah, sure. And she tells him that they'll find the money. And in the meantime, they have this wonderful little nest to live in. And Gordon just keeps going, yes, mother. Yes, mother. He's seen the light. He's missing his family. He's seen what a real family can feel like. Yeah. And it's not this lady, that's for sure. Mm -mm. So Gomez continues to watch the witch doctor program. He actually calls in. And they're like, Gomez, stop calling in. We do not know where they meet. Mm. (laughs) And they hang up the phone and he like flips the channel. Morticia's like on the couch right next to him. Like she sees everything that's happening. Yeah, the whole family's just (laughs) sitting there staring at him. (laughs) Staring at him, yeah. And Morticia's like, hey, like how about we go for a drive? But Gomez says he doesn't want to miss Gilligan. Meanwhile, back at the mansion... Fester, he's standing at the gates and just sadly staring out them. Yeah. So that night, while everybody is asleep in this one-room motel that they're sharing, Morticia holds Gomez very lovingly and just kind of looks out upon her sleeping family, and she decides to take matters into her own hands. So she walks herself over to the Adams mansion Little does she know, Thing is actually following her. And she requests to speak with Fester. So basically, they end up, like, chaining Morticia to this giant torture wheel. And she tells Abigail that she's a desperate woman, consumed by greed and infinite bitterness. We could have been such friends. (laughs) So Abigail asks about the vault, but Morticia just kind of talks about, like, how she pities her. Abigail tells Fester to, like, get started on the torture. He obviously does not want to do it for, like, moral Mm -hmm. reasons because he actually cares about Morticia. And Tully doesn't want to do it because he gets nauseous when, you know, the torturing is happening. (laughs) So Tully sucks. He cannot do a job. Not at all. He can't be aware. He sucks. Yeah. He can't do this. He sucks. Useless man. He can't run a scam. Useless. <laughs> he has loans. Doesn't know how to love his wife. The worst. So Abigail does just like make Tully do the torture, which is they're like stretching her limbs, essentially. They're kind of like pulling her arms and feet. And, you know, she's continuing to ask about the vault. Morticia won't answer. Honestly, she's having a great time. This is, like, a very sensual experience for her. She's pretty turned on, to be frank. And she kind of looks at Tully and she's like, oh, this isn't your first time, is it? Ooh la la. (laughs) Yeah. So Thing has been, like, watching this from the window. So he rushes back to the Adams to tell them what is going on. So Abigail is about to stick Morticia with a red-hot poker she has warmed it up over the fire. Yeah. And Morticia tells Tully, like, how much Gomez adored him. And she asks Fester who he really is. The loathsome, underhanded monster he's become, or the loathsome, underhanded monster they've grown to love. Mm. Gomez arrives just in time, beginning a sword fight with Tully, of course, And they go back and forth. Tully actually manages to hit his hand a bit. But, of course, Gomez has it under control and he corners him. Unexpected twist. Yeah. Um, Abigail pulls out a gun. 
So Abigail tells Gordon to take Gomez to the vault. And if they're not back in one hour, she will kill Morticia. I didn't put this scene in case we wanted to do it. I did as well. Yeah. Okay. Should I be Gomez or Morticia? It's up to you. Who would you like to be? I'll be Gomez. Okay. Tish, seeing you like this, my blood boils. As does mine. This wheel of pain. Our wheel. To live without you, only that would be torture. A day alone, only that would be death. I'm like, what is happening? The romance, my the God. The romance. Best romance movie? <laughs> Truly. Ladies, a man will never say this. <laughs> Be- you know what could be a good category? Like, best Netflix and chill movie. Ooh. Actually, yeah, this would be a great spooky season Netflix and chill movie because mm-hmm. not a lot is going on plot-wise. It's simply vibes. So It is simply vibes. Should something, you know, extracurricular to be happening in your room should <laughs> we need to pause <laughs> the plot won't move so yeah. no worries yeah and then you like look up and you see gomez and morticia just being hot for each other and you're like yeah mood set great Ooh, time. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so abigail puts a stop to this romance and she's like cut it out fester stop dragging your feet you disgust me And I think she says, like, a lot of stuff to him. Oh, yeah. She starts, like, going in on him. She calls him useless, a sniveling baby. And she says that she should have left him where she found him. (gasps) Excuse me. What? Mm -hmm. So this is, like, the last straw for Fester. He quickly turns to Gomez. And he's like, hey, no tricks, Gomez. That's the wrong book, even though Gomez had picked up the It right was the book. right book. It was the greed book. Wink, wink. Instead, Fester picks up the book Hurricane Irene. Mm. And he points it. He's like, he hasn't opened it yet, but he points it towards Abigail and Tully. And they know what this means. And so they start backing away, like begging for mercy. Meanwhile, Gomez is freeing Morticia from the wheel. And he's like, leather straps red hot pokers and she's like later my dearest (laughs) we know what they're doing tonight ladies a man will never literally (laughs) so they climb over into the vault for safety and they call out to fester to like follow them Mm -hmm. so fester tells his mother he like really lays down the law and he's like i will never listen to you again you never really loved me and you're a terrible mother And he opens the book and it blasts both Tully and Abigail around. It's like this huge swirling storm in the mansion. Eventually, they end up being blown out the window. Fester grabs hold of the book. He gets it closed. And Tully and Abigail land in some preset coffins that immediately Mm -hmm. sink Mm -hmm. into the ground where... Wednesday and Pugsley are standing there with their shovels right above their tombstones. Their tombstones. But um, notice that it's not Abigail on the tombstone. It's Dr. Pendershloss. Yes. And Pugsley is like, are they dead? And Wednesday says, does it matter? (laughs) (laughs) No. Mm -hmm. Did we note that in the frenzy... Gordon slash Fester has been zapped with lightning. No, but he is. He does get zapped with lightning. 
which I didn't think was important at the time. And then in the next scene, realized that it actually was important. (laughs) (laughs) So seven months later, a bunch of kids show up to go trick-or-treating and Lurch opens the door. They're like, okay, you got me. And they scream and run away. Ah! Pugsley has dressed up as Uncle Fester, which is very sweet. And they take a picture together where like, a fester has the um, light bulb in his mouth mm. and lights it up. Margaret arrives in a fairy princess costume. It, she kind of looks like Glenda the Good Witch. Yeah. And cousin It is a cowboy. Sure. They show up like in love now. I'm like, yeah. Whoa. Good for you, Queen. Right. So Margaret asks Wednesday what her costume is because she looks like she does every day. And she's like, I'm dressed up as a homicidal maniac. They look just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> Fester, as it turns out, is the real Fester. And getting hit by lightning restored his memory. Abigail actually did find him tangled in a tuna net 25 years ago with amnesia. So... He's been, this whole movie was pointless. Okay, so I did read that initially it was supposed to be kind of ambiguous to whether or not he was actually the real Fester, but Little Miss Christina Ricci herself gave an impassioned speech to the entire production team about how it needed to be the real Fester. Like, it needed to be clear that it was the real Fester, and so they changed the ending. I love, (laughs) love you, girl. Pob's not necessary. Yeah, so that's why there are not really that many, like, concrete Easter eggs throughout. Like, there's a couple things here and there. It's like, oh, he can, like, suddenly dance the mamushka. Like, that's weird. Right. But it's not, like, clear throughout that he actually could be the real Fester because they did want it to be ambiguous. Then they're like, oh, I guess we'll throw this line in at the end to say that it actually was the real Fester. (laughs) They're like, are you happy, Miss Ricci? And she's like, yes, I will do another movie now. <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> the whole movie was pointless. Yeah. Not really a lot changes from A to B, except for the fact that now Fester is back. Yeah. But Gomez then suggests that they play a game. And Morticia is like, ooh, how about Wake the Dead? So everybody is super excited. They head out to the cemetery. And the game, Wake the Dead, is just they're digging up graves. That's what they're doing. Yes, ma'am. Yep. <laughs> Fester and Gomez, they shake hands. And then Fester like flips him on his ass. And they're like, ha, 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 before he runs off to join the game. And we see Gomez and Morticia looking out at the family, digging up graves. And he asks what more they could ask for. And then she reveals a three-legged baby's onesie that she's been knitting. <gasps> she's pregnant. Oh, my God. Gomez is like, I couldn't imagine anything better. Mm-hmm. So excited. They have this really amazing, like, super dramatic kiss where he, like, dips her down. And it's this gorgeous shot of them standing in the doorway of the mansion. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I thought it was so beautiful. And we slowly pan out. The end. What a fun time. Like, I wish I could see this. I, I mean, I, I bet that some small theater would play it Mm. during Halloween season. But yeah, I just really like this movie. 
I really like the second movie. Mm-hmm. I would say that that one is my favorite. Yeah. But the first one is like sets the foundation. Mm-hmm. Like we mentioned, the plot doesn't really move forward, but yeah. I love the characterization and the info we got. Yeah, it's definitely like the plot is very thin. The pace, I think, is very slow. <laughs> <laughs> Especially like I loved the pain. The, the second act really dragged for me, but it feels to me more like a sitcom than like a movie because we have all of these kind of like one-off little scenes that are kind of strung together and we start yeah, and end that. in the same place the way that you would in a sitcom where like nothing all this stuff happens in the middle and then nothing changes and you kind of reset for the next thing. Mm-hmm. But I do think that like the set dressing is incredible. The costume design is incredible. I really love the performances. Yeah. Like everybody did a really great job. The world building was really fun. And like that's what I kind of see this movie as is like a world building foundational movie. Whereas yet, yeah, like you said, the second one is I think just like more interesting because we didn't have to like waste a lot of time with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think this is like a great movie, not necessarily to like sit down and like, keep your eyes glued to the screen for but like if you are throwing a halloween party and you want to put something on in the background you're having like a couple friends over for a movie night and you want to like talk while the movie is also on perfect perfect for that Mm -hmm. yeah i definitely love it as a tv movie Mm -hmm. i'm glad it had commercial success otherwise we wouldn't have had the second one right i think i just said that i want to see it in a theater but i want to see it because (laughs) i already like it Right. I think that if you're seeing it for the first time, it makes sense to see it on TV. We right. have like commercials. You're like mm. chilling in your house. I remember I did see the second one when I I like want to say it was like the last Halloween season in the old apartment. I was like, I just need to see this movie. Yeah. I love the like Adams family. I've also like I'm pretty sure I've watched the original sitcom too. I mean, like even just looking at kind of the the convention of the the Adams family and like the kind of role that they embody. I think it's really cool to see this very subversive like family dynamic where everything is super dark in terms of aesthetic, but there's so much like love and it's a very functional family. Like the relationships are all very functional and healthy and see that contrasted with like the typical American family where it's like, a veneer on the outside and then there are so many problems and like a lack of love underneath Mm -hmm. whereas the adams family feels very authentic and they're not afraid to be themselves and to kind of be maybe seen as outcasts in society they're just doing their own thing and i really love that yeah i think the dynamics are something that i didn't really pay attention to because i was like younger when i first watched it but like the relationship between Gomez mm. and Morticia. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Like their performances alone are compelling. Mm-hmm. But the family dynamics, I really appreciated because they're not malicious people. Mm-mm. I mean, I guess they're like pranksters. <laughs> yeah. Like the stop sign thing. I'm like, no. Yeah. But they love each other so much. And mm. They get along so well. I think family is really, really important to them. Mm -hmm. They're super graceful also. I feel like they're all really well-spoken, really graceful, and just, like, really smart. Mm -hmm. And I think that also 
is reflective of like a dumb like sitcom family where there's like a dumb blonde daughter and a son who like fails out of his classes like Mm. that contrast of like the traditional like sitcom family dynamic or like a super white bread yeah it's just like really nice to see the spin that they put on it i feel like it just isn't like anything else Mm -hmm. that's out there and i love that even though like they're not they're not like a a reclusive family they're very much a part of their community like they go to events at the school and like yeah out and about in town and stuff like that the auction yeah so they are parts of the community whether like people in the community approve of them and their lifestyle or not they're still out there they don't shut Mm -hmm. themselves off from society yeah it would have sucked if if the entire time it was just them in the house and like Mm -hmm. um i also think it was interesting how they connected the worlds because people who weren't in the family like Mm -hmm. saw a cousin it and they weren't like that isn't it's not like a halloween town thing where it's like the magic has to be separate from the regular people it's like oh this is just how things are like they're Mm -hmm. very different but it's not like oh this is magic this is not magic it's just like oh yeah these books exist here because they're like fucking witches or whatever just you know very it is what it is (laughs) from everybody in the town yeah yeah so I think there's a lot of cool stuff there. I'm so curious what you're going to rate it. But I, I, <laughs> I did enjoy it. I like I enjoy I, I like having it on. I think for me, like this is kind of the perfect like if I was to be doing some fall baking, like making some pumpkin scones or yeah. actually I have a recipe saved for these pumpkin cheesecake cookies that I am dying to make. Oh, shit. And I think this is like a great movie to have on in the background while you're cooking or baking or doing something else. It really sets the vibe and the tone. So it's in terms of ratings, it's a little bit tricky for me because as like a movie narrative wise, I don't think it's super strong. Yeah. But I do love the aesthetic and the vibes, for lack of a better word, of it. So I think I'm going to give it like like a seven. I'm going to give it an eight because mm-hmm. I'm a big Adams Family fan. And now I kind of want to watch the series too. Mm. I'm glad that we started off with this one. Yeah. Because it's such a classic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super well known. I think the vibes are fucking great. Like, yeah. I think it just is going to set the tone for a great Spooktober. And I hope everyone's in the, the spirit. Well, thank you so much for listening. We hope that you enjoyed. We are so excited to continue on with Spooktober. Also, Next week, our October bonus episode is coming out. Whoa. This month for our Spooktober bonus episode, we are doing Beetlejuice. Whoa, you guys wanted a spooky one. Yeah, I was surprised, honestly. I kind of thought that like Twitches was going to be the most popular, but it was actually like the second least popular. (laughs) That's crazy, but I'm excited to watch it. It's going to be a good one. So if you want to subscribe and you can listen to that episode, you can subscribe to us on Patreon, link in bio, also link in show notes. If you want any other content from us, you can always follow us on Instagram. It's movies that raised us 
Or you can follow us on Twitter at MTRU underscore pod. You can also follow us on TikTok at Movies That Raised Us Pod. Or if you want to just send a good old-fashioned email, you can email us at Movies That Raised Us at gmail.com. Yes, and we will see you next week for our next spooky movie. Ooh. I'm Mo. And I'm Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.